Yes, welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Gage Clark. We see the slaughterhouse workers suffering these psychological effects, such as PTSD, and these effects differ from the psychological norm. This is due to being constantly exposed to and engaging with death. While eating meat may not be nearly as significant, it is still a constant reminder of death, and it also associates death with the pleasure of taste. For a second, let's forget about what's normal in society. Imagine you are living in an all-vegan society, and imagine what becoming a meat-eater does to your psychology in this society. It is maybe less intense than being a slaughterhouse worker, but it is still not level zero intensity. Compared to a vegan, the meat-eater will face some level of difference in comfort with the food choices they make. The negativity and reminder of death will cause low levels of something very similar to PTSD. Imagine what degree of PTSD we have normalized in our society. Because this animal eating behavior is normalized, it makes it much harder to be aware of the contrast that exists between living vegan and living as a meat eater. Especially because most people have not even explored what being vegan is really like. This is something that goes beyond paying attention to what you eat, but actually deeply considering what the food is and the path it took to reach your plate. This was all necessary at one point in history, but for most people it isn't anymore because we have access to vegan foods readily. We are suffering some amount of unnecessary psychological problems that we aren't even aware of because our instinct is to compare our psychology to each other's and the norms around us rather than to look at hypothetical higher states of ethics. We don't imagine utopia, rather we compare ourselves to our neighbors. We compare ourselves to a norm rather than seek progress. But now, knowing this, you should question, what does it mean to become a vegan, and what does this do to your psychology? Consider exploring veganism as a test to yourself. Meditate on where your food comes from while you're consuming it. Imagine the moments before death, the life before death, and consider how it would physically feel to exist in such a life. Test yourself by removing your coping mechanisms that are instilled within you to deal with the truth of reality. Humor, ignorance, dissociation, remove them all and expose yourself to actual reality. If you're interested in exploring this path of life, contact me and I can introduce you to a slaughterhouse as a personal psychological experiment. And while it may sound intense, there is a lot of social support and it won't be nearly as intense as you're thinking. So what you've just listened to right now was part of my newest video project that you can find in the description of this podcast. Some have replied to this idea by saying that 
PTSD may not be the correct term here. But if we look at PTSD as a spectrum, I think it's very correct usage. If it is based on a specific threshold, which I find to be arbitrary, then perhaps it is the incorrect term. The basis of PTSD is really just exaggerated aversion learning. It becomes more apparent how aversion learning works at the higher levels of aversion. Addiction is the exaggeration of pleasure learning on the contrast. Both PTSD and addiction are mediated by the body's natural opioid system. There is an opioid hormone for reward and another one for aversion. The mechanism of aversion learning comes down to a hormone called dynorphin. This hormone works by essentially blocking your ability to learn behavioral seeking associations with aversive stimuli. So for example, when you touch a hot stove, your uh, response is to pull away from the hot stove, but also you will not be able to develop habits centered around touching the hot stove. This ability will be blocked, and instead, you will have a reinforcement of pulling away and resisting this hot stove. The effect of dynorphin is similar to PCP on some level. This drug is in a class known as dissociative anesthetics, and this is also interesting because PTSD falls under the classification of dissociative disorders. That may not be always the case, but very often PTSD involves dissociative symptoms. Cognitive dissonance is a form of dissociation like this, but when it's normalized, it appears invisible to us on a cultural level. This is basically what my idea of normalized PTSD is getting at. The previously mentioned threshold of PTSD development that psychologists assign is essentially a PTSD greater than the normalized level of PTSD. A point in which the effects of aversion learning is contrasting with what is considered normal and apparent to the people who have normalized their PTSD. If we lived in a utopia, our current norms would appear significantly disturbing in contrast. What if we lived in a culture in which abusing our friends was considered normal? We may develop coping strategies such as laughing it off or considering it a very minor offense. This may be part of masculinity culture sometimes already, where we find competitive minor violences may be normalized. Slapping each other, being rude, and mocking each other have become normalized among male-to-male interactions in some circles. And this is only one example of an almost endless list of these kind of common traumas. I think this normalized trauma is a part of why bad trips occur on psychedelics. These drugs appear to unwind all of our culture and conditioning, including addiction and PTSD, which also means unwinding of the coping mechanisms and avoidance techniques that prevented us from confronting daily exposure to negative experiences.
We see that while under the influence of psychedelics, even subtle triggers cause panic attacks and bad tripping. We also become more aware of many nuances in reality while under the influence of these drugs. Perhaps some of this is due to developing a tolerance to stimuli from overexposure in daily life, but also some of it is likely due to a reawakening of a neglected awareness that was developed towards uncomfortable stimuli. Much of the stimuli that we avoid may have been neglected since childhood, causing us to return to more aware states that we experienced before ever developing these neglect techniques. In some sense, these neglect techniques are synonymous with dissociation. Hyper-awareness is often experienced as traumatic or shocking for many people. This may be due to the fact that hyper-awareness really means abolishing our neglect of traumatic, filtered-out stimuli. The state of existence, once we are freed of this perpetual exposure to trauma, may be the very definition of utopia. Might psychedelics be necessary to become aware of these traumas that occur so invisibly within our cultural norms? Might a culture of acceptance with psychedelic use be a necessary path of progress for us to edge ever closer to utopia? Thank you for watching and listening. I hope you enjoy this idea. And please consider checking out my music or donating to my Patreon to help support this project. This, I produce all of the music I use and all the video footage I do myself, and it is a lot of work, so anything would help, really. And you don't even have to purchase my music. You can listen for free on Spotify and SoundCloud. Just search the name G-A-E-J, which is Gage. And... If you are kind enough, it would be awesome if you did actually purchase the album too, which can be found on iTunes and uh, Google Play and many other sources. And if this topic was interesting, feel free to join the Discord server and chat with us. We have a little community there. And if you find my idea wrong, I would actually love if you come talk to me about it in that Discord server as well. And you may also find me on Instagram or Facebook, but I mostly use Instagram and Discord. And thank you again. I will leave you with one of my tracks so that I can kind of advertise it and hope you have a nice day. Thanks for listening.